Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. Just for those who are online, welcome to you as well. Those who are in the house. If you're used to being in this church, you'll know that they take a while to get into their seats, so... It's all right, we're just waiting on Robert Cook, just, just in case. For those, for those who are online joining us today. <laughs> yes, you, get to your seat. <laughs> um, just welcome to everyone today, to those who are joining online as well. Great to see you. Um, but a special welcome as well to Ken and Jocelyn. They've come all the way from Switzerland to see us. Welcome. <laughs> So good to have you with us, and maybe you'll come up and pray for us at the end, Ken. That would be really great. You can just remind them of what I've said. <laughs> but uh, let's just stand as we come into God's presence today, as we pray, as we welcome the King of Kings into our gathering, and as we begin to worship him today, and just give him all the praise and glory that's due his name today. So, Father, we are so blessed to be in your house today, coming together as church family to worship you. And Father, we just pray that Jesus would be seen in this place, but that none other than Jesus would be seen. Father, we, we just ask that you would be glorified in all that's said and done today. We ask that you would take the glory, that you would be praised, that you would be lifted up, that the name of Jesus would be lifted up in, in this place today. And Father, we pray that as you lift up your name, that you would draw all people to yourself. Father, for all who are online, Father, we don't know who all is online at this point in time, but Father, we pray your blessing on everyone, maybe even people who will watch this, listen to this after, uh, after today. And Father, we just pray your blessing on every single one. And Father, we pray that you would just draw us deeper into relationship with yourself. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Lord bless you.
Father, we do pray that. It's our prayer today that you'd come and that you'd awaken your church. Father, that you'd revive your church in this land. Father, that your spirit would move in this church in this land. And Father, you would just do something fresh in our hearts that would cause us to hunger for you. Father, when things happen in life, Lord, it causes a reaction. Things that upset us, it causes a reaction. Father, we pray that you would do things that would cause a reaction within our lives. That, Father, we would be more attuned to you. Father, that you would just breathe life into us. And Father, that you would breathe miracles over those who need miracles. Father, there are people here in this room today, Father, who need a touch from you, who need a miracle. And Father, we just pray that you'd breathe miracles over people in this congregation, Father, over people who are online. Father, we pray that you just breathe. And Father, that we receive that breath of God into our very beings, body, soul, and spirit. And Father, we ask that you just perform your works. Father, we pray that you just inhabit our praises. We worship you this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.
thank you that you're our living hope. You are our living hope. Father, we are alive in spirit today because Jesus is alive. He was raised from the dead on the third day. He ascended to the right hand of the throne of God. Father, to your right hand. And Father, we know that he continually prays for us. Father, we thank you for this awesome privilege that Jesus prays for us. Father, we thank you that even when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf, prays with sighs and groans that are too deep for words. And Father, they bring us into a place of intimacy with you, a place of fellowship. And Father, I just pray over this congregation today that, Father, as we begin to pray, Father, in this week that comes, that, Father, there would be a, a rising of, of something that you're doing in our prayers. Father, we pray that our, as our prayers rise, we would feel the weight of your glory and presence come as we pray. And Father, that you would fill us with your spirit afresh. Lord, we know that you have a plan and a purpose for each one of us. You have a plan and purpose for our families. Father, you have a plan and purpose for every life in here. And Lord, we just ask that you'd help us to move into your purposes for us. Lord, we want to be available to you. Father, for whatever you want to do in us and through us, Lord, we just want to be available to you. And Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for, what, for all that you're doing. Lord, we just want to press into the things which you're saying in our lives. Father, press into the things that you're saying over this church. Lord, we just want to experience these fresh and new things that you want to pour out. Lord, just that weight of your presence and glory. Lord, we pray, pour it out. Pour it out, Father. Pour it out, Father. Lord, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we can't do this without you. Thank you, Lord. in tongues and let's just wait for a few moments for the interpretation to that message. condemnation for those who are in Christ. Father, we thank you that Jesus has come to be that sacrifice for us. He has, has brought that atonement, that ability for us to be at one with you. Father, to be in relationship with you, to have that father-son, father-daughter relationship with you. And Father, we just praise you, Lord, that there's no condemnation. Lord, maybe there are some in here today, and Father, maybe some online, and, and maybe the enemy has been throwing accusation at them this week. Father, we pray for your protection over spirits, over hearts, over minds. Lord, we pray that accusations, uh, Lord, would bounce off of a shield of faith this morning. 
Father, that shield of faith is meant to be raised when the enemy is thrown an attack at us. And Lord, we pray that our faith would rise. And Lord, that we would put our faith and our trust and confidence in those words which came uh, through the interpretation today. Father, we just ask that you would move in our hearts. Lord, give us the strength to, to keep holding up that shield of faith. Maybe some feel that it's been a relentless uh, struggle. Father, relentless attack. Lord, just one thing after another, after another, after another. And Father, we pray that you would bring those people to a place of breakthrough, Father, to a, a place of standing strong, Father, a place uh, where they can just lower that shield for a second. And Father, just take a breather and take a rest. Uh, not, not to put the shield down, but Father, just to, to be free from that relentless punishment of attack. And Lord, we just pray for rest for those who need it today. Lord, for those who are struggling in here today with emotional things or physical things, whatever it may be, Father, we just pray that your hand would be upon each one. And Father, that you just meet every need in this house today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Please be seated if you're not already. Thank you to everyone who's been involved today. It's great. And there have been lots of people involved right right from the start, before many people even arrived in the building, lots of people involved today. Um, I'm just going to check who, who has remembered uh, this week to bring your notebook and your pen, just, just, or, or you've got your, your phone or your, your tablet or whatever, yeah, just checking, so, because um, uh, I guarantee you, I'll, I'll go so fast today that you'll not be able to take notes, um, just a few things that I wanted to announce first, and um, we're going to do communion today, but we'll be doing that at the end of the service, so we're making room for that. Um, Monday at 9.30 in the morning on Zoom, we'll be gathering to pray. Wednesday at 7.30, we'll be gathering to pray again on Zoom. And, you know, people say, how can we get involved in what's happening in the church? This is a great way to get involved in what's happening in the church, because we've been praying for a long time now on Zoom, um, but God has been answering our prayers so I just want to encourage you to come along to that prayer time if you can manage it. Um, the links go out on email uh, week by week. In relation to that, though, we are going to change the night for our prayer at night. We're going to move it from a Wednesday back to a Tuesday. Um, and there's a reason for that. The reason is that we want to free up the Wednesday to begin to explore our kids' work again, which was traditionally on the Wednesday night. So we're going to move the prayer to the Tuesday. Um, we've been praying for prodigals once a month. We're going to move that to the Tuesday as well. So between 6.30 and 7, 6.30 and 7, did you get that? I'm trying to get the message home in visual and audio ways. Between 6.30 and 7, we'll be praying for prodigals once a month at the start of the month. Then we'll have a regular prayer time between 7 and 8. And at the end of the month, what I would like us to do is not to gather on Zoom, but to gather in person to pray. Wouldn't that be fun? Yes. There's a few hurrahs at that. Uh, so we're going to gather together in person uh, to pray. And as we do that, we're going to begin to explore uh, how we pray for each other. Because I, I know that there are people who uh, need prayer for healing and all sorts of things. There are people who want to go deeper in their relationship with God. There are people who are looking for things in God. And so I want to explore when we're together, how do we pray for people to be able to experience God in a fresh way, whatever that might be. So that's, that's just kind of in keeping with what we've been saying as a church. Um, just give me a little second. I need to make an adjustment to my uh, tablet here because it will keep shutting off otherwise. And I meant to do this beforehand. Doodly doodly do. Sorry. 
It'll just keep shutting off if I don't do that. There we go. That's me. So, where was I? Yeah, that was just talking about prayer. Um, this Saturday coming, uh, we have Dr. Glenn Balfour with us. Glenn is the vice principal of our Bible college, which is called Missio Dei, for those who are into Latin. I'm not. Um, although I did do a better in Latin in second year than I did in English when I did it. Um, but that's another story. But Glenn will be with us on the Saturday morning where we'll walk through the Old Testament and do an overview of the Old Testament. We'll have a break, then we'll walk through the New Testament and look at that. We'll have some lunch, bring your packed lunch, there'll be tea and coffee provided. And then in the afternoon, it'll be more practical and there'll be an opportunity to ask questions of Dr. Glenn. I'll be down there asking the questions. So... If you've not let us know that you're coming and you're planning to come, please let us know. The emails went out a couple of times and uh, really encouraged to, to have Glenn with us. He's going to be here on the Sunday as well. I already know what he's going to be speaking about, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really encouraged by because he, he says, this is what I feel I should share, you know. Uh, so, so it's just, I, I think it'll be a word for the church. And also, lastly, to let you know, we're praying for uh, Kieran. Um, for those who don't know Kieran, Kieran was with us a few years ago. Kieran works for Evangelical Alliance. He's related to some of the people in the church. Um, and Kieran uh, has been elected into a position of local authority leadership. So I, I just think that's amazing. We've been praying for people to get into positions of leadership with Christians. So uh, let's just encourage Kieran. Let's pray for him uh, as he takes up office there. Can I say one prayer before we get into the content for today? And just let's just bow our heads again once more in prayer as we pray for the message, as we pray continually into the situation in the Ukraine. Father, we thank you that we have brothers and sisters working hard in the Ukraine and the surrounding nations. Uh, Father, even in Russia. And Father, we have brothers and sisters in Poland and Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, Moldova. Father, all these different countries, Lord, we have brothers and sisters there who are working hard. Father, to help those on the ground. And Father, we just pray that you'd strengthen your church. Strengthen your church for those who, are, who have remained in the Ukraine. And Father, we ask that you'd give them boldness. We ask that you'd give them protection. We ask that you'd give them resources. And Father, we ask that you'd help us to remember to pray for them. Because Father, we know that prayer changes things. And our prayers are important. Father, our giving is important. And Father, as we have Zach with us in a, a couple of Wednesdays time joining us from Poland, as, uh, Lord, with maybe some others from Poland, Lord, we, we pray that as we take that opportunity to pray with them, uh, Lord, that you would answer our prayers and, Lord, bring peace into this situation. And so, Lord, for all who's, who are active, Lord, we pray for your hand of protection to be upon them. And, Lord, help us not to forget. And, Lord, we pray for today. Lord, we pray as we open up your word, uh, Lord, that you would really speak to us, that you would just minister to us, and, Father, that we would hear the voice of Jesus today. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to ask you to turn your Bibles anywhere at this point in time. Um, today I'm finishing off a, a series of messages which I've been doing. Um, and I, I was talking about previously in, in Whitburn Pentecostal Church. So we talked about vision. We talked about how God brings people in to fulfill the vision, engagement. We talked about how God resources the vision through people. And we looked at this whole story of Moses that we find in Exodus. And uh, I'm going to put the chapters up in a second. Because I just want to draw our attention to uh, what we're actually talking, what was the scripture talking about? I've talked about a certain application of how God spoke to Moses on the mountain, how Moses had got people to come and give, and people were involved in building the tabernacle. And we find out about the tabernacle in Exodus 25 to 40. Also, the writer to the Hebrews talks about uh, the tabernacle, and he talks about Jesus. 
And so uh, in Exodus, we find this description, and we need to bear in mind the theme of Exodus is all about redemption. It's all about freedom. It's all about these people who've been in slavery for such a long time, and they come to a place of freedom. And as they come out of Egypt, Moses is on the, the mountain, and he receives these instructions from God, the description of the tabernacle we read in uh, chapters 25 uh, to 31. Then the need for the tabernacle, which is atonement for sin. People sin. And I've said this time and time again, who in here has never sinned? Who in here gets it right all the time? Okay, one or two people. That's good. Um, so we need to get ourselves right with God. And, and then latterly, it talks about the construction of the tabernacle. And then jumping forward into Hebrews... Hebrews is a different book, but it's still written by somebody. We don't know who wrote Hebrews, but they're writing to uh, Jewish people who'd become Christians, and they were experiencing persecution. Again, it's a theme that runs throughout the Bible. Um, I once heard Eddie Lyle say that the, the Bible is a book written by persecuted Christians for persecuted Christians. The Hebrews were being persecuted and they're tempted to move away from Christianity and go back into Judaism, back into the old forms and rituals and routines. But the writer is saying that we have a new and living way. He talks about a better sanctuary, a heavenly one, not an earthly one. And he talks about a better sacrifice, not an animal, but a person, a perfect, sinless person called Jesus. And if anything, this would be a key passage for today. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 8. The Jews offer worship in a sanctuary, a tent, which was then a temple, that is a sketch and shadow of the heavenly one. For Moses, when he was about to erect the tent, was warned, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. Make everything exactly as I've told you how to make it. And this is what they made. This is an artist's impression of the tabernacle, the tent that they put up when they wandered through the wilderness. You can see all the different facets of that. The tent eventually became Solomon's temple. And when you read about the description of Solomon's temple, you go, man, I wish I had the money this guy had. He had everything. And they made this incredible structure called the temple, which we know was destroyed by the Babylonians when they were taken into captivity. And then as they came out of captivity 70 years later, they built a second temple. Zerubbabel built this temple. This is a model of it, which I think used to be outside in Jerusalem. I think they took it to bits and then moved it inside into a museum. And you could probably go there and see this model. I, I would love to go to the Holy Land. Um, who would love to go to the Holy Land? Would anybody here love? I'd love to go to the Holy Land. Maybe we should organize a, a trip. What do you think? And find somebody who can guide us and, and take us around. That would be amazing. And this is the second temple, which was actually eventually finished by a man called Herod. Then in 70 AD was destroyed by, well, you can make your own mind up if you read the history. It was destroyed by the Romans, but the Jews did a pretty good job of destroying everything themselves. And I want to show you another little picture. This is a picture that my dad drew. He used to teach on this subject uh, many years ago. And he drew this picture, and I, I love the way that he has uh, illustrated all the different aspects of the furniture of the tabernacle, and they form a cross. And I don't know if you can see right at the bottom of a cross, it says east. And as I was looking at my dad's picture, this is what came to mind, this scripture. As far as the east is from the west, so far has Jesus removed our transgressions and our sins from us. What an amazing image. You see, 
away at this side is the Ark of the Covenant. For those who've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, I can't remember the tune. How's it go? Does it matter? Da, 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 that's it. Yes. So this is this Ark was situated in the holiest of holies, the place where only the priests could go once a year to offer sacrifice from the people. This is where the sinners came in, right? This is the servant's entrance. This is the pleb's entrance. This is where I would be going in, okay? Um, but the Bible tells us that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. If you are a Christian, if you're part of God's family, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And I just, I love this image. And we are made clean, not by the sacrifice of an animal, but by Jesus' blood, which was shed for us on that cross. And we can enter into the very throne room, the very presence of heaven through worship and through prayer because of what Jesus has done for us. That's what we've been doing this morning. Are you excited about that? Some of you don't look like you're excited about that. But we've, we've got this access into the very presence of God through what Jesus has done for us. And we can stand. I loved it. I think we sat, why they sang it or somebody prayed it this morning about how we're, we're robed in righteousness. Jesus robes of righteousness. We're clothed in his righteousness. So if you had to study the tabernacle, look at the priestly garments, we've got better garments. The spirit of that we put on this, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We're clothed with salvation. We're clothed with righteousness. When, when we stand before God in prayer, God doesn't see our mess. He sees his son and he sees us through the eyes of Jesus. I think that's phenomenal. I'm so glad that I'm clothed in his righteousness because I know that mine isn't good enough. And I want to just take us through a little walk through for a few minutes going through the tabernacle. I say a few minutes, it's likely to be about 10, maybe 15, 10 if I can not waffle too much, okay? So I wanted to just start by the outer court of the tabernacle. You read that in the passages in Exodus that I highlighted earlier. If you've been doing the Bible in a year, you'll have already read that probably. And it starts with this outer court. It's the place that separates what God's doing from what the people are doing, right? And the people are on the outside and God's presence is on the inside. And the way into the tabernacle is through the gate. And it's the gateway into God's presence. And I want to show you that everything about this points us to Jesus. You see, it's all about Jesus. I've got a little thing in my office there, a little thing up in my, my bookcase. And it's a question, is it still all about Jesus? Or is it becoming about the Stevie show? Or is it becoming about the somebody else show, right? Humility is the ability to take praise and pass it on to God without taking anything from ourselves, without touching it. I love that. Let's remember that. But what does Jesus say? John chapter 10, verse 7. Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I am the gate. Jesus also says in John chapter 14, verse 6, we, we probably all know it, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. He is the way that we access the presence of God. And we've been celebrating him in worship, and we're going to celebrate him in communion. And the first thing people would come to was the brass altar. Hopefully these things keep coming up. And that's the place of sacrifice. It's a holy place. And I remember my dad asking me a question. I was just a teenager at the time. And he was referring to Matthew 23, 19, when he said, what's more important? He says, well, he says, if the altar is more important, more important than the sacrifice, then what does that mean for Jesus? And he had me puzzling for days and days and days. And I'm like, 
So he didn't tell me the answer. He was really mean. Um, no, he wasn't mean. But he let me work it out for myself. And I remember coming back to my dad and saying, the altar wasn't the cross, but the altar was his own divinity. The fact that Jesus was fully God and fully human. If Glenn was here, he would use the theological term. It's called hypostatic union. God and man. Jesus is fully God, fully human. And on that basis, he was sinless, and he was able to offer that sacrifice for us. It was a place, this was a place of animal sacrifice, lambs, bulls, and goats. So glad we don't have to do that anymore. And John chapter 1, verse 29, and it's John the Baptist who's speaking. He says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus became that sacrifice for us. Sacrifice not on a physical altar, but on the altar of the fact that he was fully God, fully human, fully divine, fully human. And also when they would sacrifice an animal, they would take the blood and they would sprinkle the blood on the altar in all sorts of places. I'm glad I didn't live in those days. I'm sure loads of you are glad you didn't live in those days. I'm judging by the faces like, yes, I know. But this is what Hebrews 13, 12 says, Therefore Jesus also suffered outside the city gate in order to sanctify the people by his own blood. Not the blood of an animal, but by his blood. And 1 Peter 1, 2 says that we have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of the Father uh, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Oh, it's incredible, actually. As we look at all this, you might read this and go, what does all this mean? It all points towards Jesus. The third thing that we come to is the brass basin or the the brass laver. Or if you read the New King James Version, as I'm sure you did, Ken, in your younger days, it's called the brazen laver um, for for those who are old-fashioned like me. Um, And it's the place of cleansing. It's the place where the priest would be washed before he could serve. Hebrews 10, 22 says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Ephesians 5, 26 to 27 says, to make her the church holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. The word of God cleanses, makes us clean. That's why we need to read the Word of God. That's why we invite people to come and and speak in our church about the Word of God next Saturday. Who's all coming? Advert. Plugging it again. More hands should be going up. Anyway, we need to have the Word of God washing over us to make us clean. And not just reading it in an academic sense, reading it and asking God to speak to us. And sometimes God speaks to us and you feel yourself getting a kick up the backside. You go, I need to sort that. I'm sorry. But it's part of that, making us clean, making us holy. And to present the church to himself, a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Then the next thing, and it wasn't on the the last drawing, but I'm a Pentecostal, so I'm going to talk about this, is the oil. Because the next stage before the priest could go in and minister would that he would be anointed with oil. And I think that's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. We are anointed by the Spirit. When Jesus comes into our life, when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes upon us. But we can have the Holy Spirit in us, filling us afresh. And so we need that anointing. And I think the anointing represents our calling and our fitness to serve 
Jesus. He is our anointed one. Messiah, Christ, means anointed. So Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. He had the Spirit without measure. And we need the Spirit without measure. If you read Isaiah 61, uh, you'll come across Jesus, what he read out of the scroll. He says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me to do all these incredible things. We read about it in Acts, we read about it in Acts 1, 8, and uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. I'm trying to watch my time. Um, we move forward into the holy place, which represents the place of service. And we'll look at some of the items in the holy place in a little minute. But the priest went in here and he could only go in once, uh, sorry, he would, he would go in to, here to serve, sorry. Um, and he had to, uh, sorry, sorry, I'm getting my notes mixed up. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a bullet point down, apologies. I'm like, why am I trying to say this and it's not for what I'm... Anyway, let's rewind a little second. The holy place, okay, is the place of service. Uh, we need to edit that bit out uh, if we do a tape. And what did Jesus say in Luke chapter 22, verse 27? He says, I am among you as one who serves. Jesus always showed us that example of how to serve. But we can only serve from a place of holiness. If we're trying to serve and we're not living holy lives, our service is going to be tainted. And that's a, it's a massive subject. And we see that, I don't know about you, I, I'm seeing that throughout the church Time and time again, in recent times, where high-profile leaders are coming under scrutiny and, and, and things are happening with high-profile leaders, and not even just high-profile leaders, and people are falling from that place of service and being able to serve out of a place of holiness, we need to learn to get ourselves right before God before we try to serve other people. Anyway, that's another subject. Might come on to that at a different time. We move on into the Holy of Holies, a place that represents the presence of God, a place where the priest would only go in. And Ephesians 2, 6 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. It doesn't feel like that a lot of the times because we're living in an earthly body, but we've been seated, spiritually speaking, in heaven, alongside Jesus, we are able to be in that holy of holies, the very presence of God. Then, inside the holy place, I said we'd break that down a little bit, there's a table, and on the table are 12 loaves, which represent the 12 tribes of Israel. What did Jesus say in John chapter 6, verse 35? I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. He is the bread. He is the one who is present in our lives. Then there's the altar of incense, which continually burned all the time that this was up and running, that altar of incense continually burned. And that represents prayer, the prayers of Jesus, represents our prayer as we enter into all that he is doing for us. And Romans 8, 34 says, Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life again, is at the right hand of God and is also continually interceding for us. We have a man in heaven who prays for us. As that altar of incense continually burned and as the smoke went up and as it was a fragrant smell, it represents the prayers that are continually offered for us. On the other side of the Holy of Holies, there was a thing called the golden candlestick, which was continually lit. It was never allowed to go out and it allowed the priest to serve in light and to walk in light. 
John chapter 8, verse 12, and you know where I'm going with this, I think. I think. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. A different kind of light, not one that burns with an oil lamp. And then as we go on from the holy place to the holy of holies, we come across this thing called the veil, which the priest would go through. And it represents separation from God. Hebrews 9, 19, sorry, Uh, 19 to 20 says, therefore, my friends, since we have confidence, we have confidence to enter the sanctuary, which is God's presence in heaven, by the blood of Jesus Christ, by a new and living way that was opened for us through the curtain, through the veil, and it says in brackets, that is through His flesh. The veil represents the body of Jesus, that body which was broken for us. And if you remember, in the moment when Jesus died, when his body was broken, and when he said it's finished, the veil that was in the second temple tore from the top all the way down to the bottom. And it was a symbol that Jesus' body had died. It was a symbol that God wanted to be present with people in a new way. Jesus opened up a way for us into the presence of God. Couldn't have been a person, if this was you or me, what would we do? We'd grab the veil at the bottom, wouldn't we? And we'd go, and we'd try, to, we'd try to tear it from the bottom. But it didn't tear from the bottom. It tore from the top all the way down. God tore that veil as a sign that something had happened. Moving swiftly on in the Holy of Holies was a thing called the Ark. Still can't remember the tune <laughs> for the Ark of the Covenant. The place of God's mercy, the place of God's presence, the place where that cloud of, sorry, the cloud, the cloud by day, the pillar of cloud by day, and the pillar of fire by night, which represented the presence of God, the guidance of God, rested on the ark. The place where God's presence came earth. And then 2,000 years ago, the very presence of God lived here in a person and still lives in us in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. He walked amongst the people in Galilee 2,000 years ago. Wouldn't you have liked to have been there 2,000 years ago? Sometimes I think that, then other times I think I'm quite happy to be alive today. Inside the ark, there were three things If you've read Exodus, you'll know that there were three things inside the ark. The first one was the two tablets. One was an apple and one was an android. Because God just wanted to be fair about it, okay? So there was no favoritism. I'm only kidding. There were two tablets which contained the Ten Commandments which were given to Moses when he was on that mountain. What did Jesus say? What did uh, John say when he spoke about Jesus? He said that the word... The Word, Jesus, became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. He lived amongst us, the very words of God. And then also inside the ark was Aaron's rod that budded. If you remember reading that, uh, there, were, there were a number of rods put out, and whoever's rod budded, that would be the person who would, they would get all the sweeties. Um, no, I'm only kidding. Um, it was a way of God showing that Aaron was the one who was chosen And this rod was left in the ark. And what is, uh, sorry, um, I've missed something on my references here. Uh, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise 
up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. Sorry, I've missed my reference for that. But he's described as the righteous branch. And then the last thing that was in there was the pot of manna, the manna which was given to the people as they wandered through the wilderness. John 6, 6, 48, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Moving swiftly on. The tabernacle was surrounded by the tribes. Firstly, the, the tribe of Levi by family, groups Kohath, Gershon, Merari, and Moses and Aaron at the front of the tabernacle at the east side. And then they were surrounded by the 12 tribes of Israel. And for those who are really clever, you'll count all those little squares on the screen, the black squares, and you go, hey, by the way, there's 13 there. How does that work out? Well, Manasseh and Ephraim were half-tribes. They were Joseph's sons, so it was really the tribe of Joseph, but they were called the half-tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim. And they surrounded the camp, and they would get up by company and begin to move out by company. And each person had their own responsibility for the things that they would do as they traveled. What does all this mean? And that's really the question that we're coming to. What does it all mean? Well, it's all about Jesus. And if I can do something slightly different here and turn it around a little bit, and maybe you get the picture that's coming next. What does the Bible say in Isaiah 53 as we prepare to come and take communion? Surely he took up, he lifted our infirmities. He carried, he bore our sorrows. He came not just to carry a cross to a lonely hill called Golgotha, Calvary. We went through all that at Easter time. He came to carry us, to carry our guilt, to carry our burdens, to carry our sorrows, to carry our sins. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Incredible. All of those things that we see, mysterious things, shadows and sketches in the Old Testament, they all find their fulfillment in this person called Jesus Christ, who 2,000 years ago took our sins, took our sorrows. And for those of you who are old enough to remember that hymn, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. It says in one of the verses, he took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. And he suffered and died that we might receive forgiveness, that we might be able to enter into the holy priest uh, place where the priest would only go. He died that we could be a royal priesthood and a holy nation. He did it for us. How are we going to respond to that? You see, I believe today that God is looking for worshippers who will worship in spirit and in truth. And I'll keep saying this till I don't have breath to say it any longer. It's all about Jesus. And it's about the condition of our hearts as we stand before a holy God, which we can only do because of Jesus. What are our hearts like today as we've come to church, as we've come into this building? And maybe the musicians can come back up as we prepare to do communion in just a moment.
What is the condition of your heart? Maybe you're joining us online today. What is the condition of your heart today as we come to take communion? The Bible tells us that we need to examine our hearts. We need to look at it. We need to say, Lord, is there anything in me that's offensive to you? If there is, the Bible says that we confess our sins and he's faithful and just not only to forgive us, but to cleanse us, to make us clean from all unrighteous so that we put on new clothes, that robe of righteousness that Jesus has given for us. What's your heart like today? Is it pure or is it defiled? You could say unclean and unconfessed. Is your heart humble or hard? Allow the Holy Spirit to examine your heart today. Father, we pray come and examine our hearts as we prepare to worship you through communion again. Is your heart contrite or is it defiant? You could say unyielding. Is your heart open or is it concealed? There are things that we're trying to hide from God. It's like, God, don't look at this bit. Don't look at this bit of my life. I'm ashamed of it. This thing that I keep tripping up on. But I think God wants us to open our heart to Jesus, open our heart to him, confess our shortcomings to him. And the Bible says that he will cleanse us, he will forgive us. Is your heart true? Or are there things going on that are not quite true, things that are fake, things that are unreal? I believe today God wants to lift the weight of your guilt, the weight of your sin, the weight of your shame, the weight of your sorrow, and instead to replace it with a different kind of weight, the weight of his presence and the weight of his glory. Father, we pray that you come, and Father, that there be that weight of your presence as we take bread and as we take wine, as we remember the one who bore our sins and our sorrows and made them his very own. One last scripture from Hebrews 8.6. But Jesus has now obtained a more excellent ministry. And to that degree, he is the mediator of a better covenant, a new covenant, a new agreement between God and people, which is accomplished through Jesus. Not the old covenant, the old testament, the old agreement. God is doing a new thing. He has done a new thing and he is doing a new thing, enacted through better promises. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that as we read our Old Testament, Father, we realize that it points towards Jesus. Father, there are mysteries in the Old Testament. There are things in the Old Testament we wish weren't there. There are things we'd rather not read. But Father, it's an historical account of what happened to your people. And Lord, we, we, we realize that you have called us to be a people. Father, those who are in Christ Jesus are a new creation. And Father, we thank you that you have made us new. We thank you that you've clothed us in a robe of righteousness. And as we come to take bread and wine today, Father, we, we ask that you would be exalted in this place today, that Jesus would be lifted up in this place today. And Father, as that message from tongues, uh, that message in tongues came and there's the interpretation, Lord, that there is uh, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Father, we know that the enemy wants to throw accusation at us. He wants to just keep shooting darts and arrows at us to bring us down. But Father, we pray, help us to hold up that shield of faith. And Lord, we, even in confessing our sin before you and seeking to turn around from that, repenting today, Father, we realize that we can do that in faith today, in full assurance of faith that Jesus has accomplished these things for us. And so, Father, as we take the bread which reminds us of the body of Jesus. Father, we pray that you bless it to us and that we would encounter your presence as we take the bread in Jesus' name.
Father, as we think about the, the old sacrificial system where people's sins were atoned for by the blood of bulls and goats and lambs and rams and all these things, Father. Even birds were offered and been sacrificed for people's sins. But Father, we thank you that Jesus has come once and for all to sacrifice himself, to shed his own blood for our sin. And that, Father, we don't need to keep going back and doing all these things ritually. But, Father, that Jesus has accomplished for this by the shedding of his blood on that cross. And, Father, we just ask that you would come. Come and, Father, may we experience your healing. Father, the word said, we read earlier from Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed. As he shed his blood, Father, we realize that it was accomplishing healing for us. And, Father, as we take this wine which reminds us, a symbol that reminds of his blood, Father, we pray, apply it to our lives and Father, bring that healing which we need. Father, bring the life that we need. Father, all that we need, all, all that we need from you today, Father, we pray that you would give us that as we take this wine as a symbol of that blood which was shed. In Jesus' name. Let's just take wine together. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, even for the mysteries. But Lord, we pray, give us a desire, give us a heart that would long to seek in, look into the mysteries, Father, to, to find out more about you and Father, to grow in our faith, to grow in our relationship with you. Father, I pray that you just birth within us a hunger for, uh, for your word, for the Bible, to learn, to grow. And Father, that you do something really incredible in our lives. Father, that you'd cause us to have that hunger and passion for, for you, for your presence, for the Holy Spirit. Father, give us a hunger and a passion to reach those who don't know you yet. And my, Father, maybe even there are some people in here today, maybe people who are joining us online and have never made a decision to accept Jesus into their life. They've never made that step. They've never uh, made that commitment. And if that's you today, I just want to give you the opportunity to, 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 to come before God and to accept the sacrifice of Jesus today. And so if you've never made that decision to become a Christian, then I'm going to invite you to do that today by praying a simple prayer after me. You can pray it into yourself, but pray it nonetheless and then tell somebody that you've prayed the prayer. It's important that you tell somebody as well. So let's just pray that prayer just now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for my sin. I thank you that he has opened up a way for me to have a relationship with you. Come into my heart. Forgive me. Make me clean. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've made that prayer today and it's the first time you've done it, then tell somebody you've done it because we'll be really excited to get alongside you and to help you and pray with you. We're going to sing one uh, last worship song and then Ken's going to come up and close in prayer. Uh, great to have him with us today. Um, but let's stand as we sing one last song in praise and worship to God.
you come up and, and finish your time in prayer today, please? You'll need to speak into the microphone, if that's okay. It's good to see you. Uh, you're, you're the best looking people in Fruitborn. <laughs> Amen. Because when God does a work in our hearts, then you can see it in our faces. Amen. Amen. It's wonderful to realize that Jesus on the cross of Calvary triumphed over death. He triumphed over sickness. And he triumphed over the devil. Amen. And he, traveled, he, 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 he triumphed over the works of the devil. And this morning we are a people who are free. Free to worship God. Free to rejoice in the presence of our Lord and Savior. Amen. Just want to say hello to everybody. I've said it already, but I'll say it again. <laughs> and we want to thank you most sincerely, Stevie, for the, the, the help you give us every month. And God is good. And, you know, we live by faith. But I'll tell you, the Lord surprises us continually by his goodness and by his wonderful, if, if, I, I'm going to speak in French, if I'm not careful, by if, if, the, 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 the things he prepares for us, the goodness he has towards me, towards every one of you. It's un, unreal. It's, 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 it amazes me to think of God's goodness. And so, Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you because you have triumphed. We thank you because you are the conquering Savior. And, Lord, we, our trust is in you. And we know that when we trust you, we will never be disappointed because you are faithful to every one of your promises. So, Lord, as we leave this beautiful meeting, may we be conscious of your presence with us. Thank you for Stevie, for the, the, the word he prepared for this morning. It did us good. Amen. And we rejoice in your goodness continually. Amen. Amen. Just want to add to these few words that, um, you know, we have come back uh, because of my, my sister's health. My sister's on her deathbed. And so we, we come back to Scotland. We arrived a week ago. And if I'm not careful, I end up speaking in French. So, uh, how many of you speak French? Oh, there's, there's one person anyway. And, and uh, one or two speak French. Do you speak French? We should. Huh? <laughs> Amen. You know, we, we rejoice with the French people. Our ministry takes us to various parts of Europe. And uh, we go to Italy. We, we go to Poland quite often. And we are so sad to see the situation in the Ukraine. It's terrible that 
Mr. Putin has done such devastation, such damage, and such merciless killing to these poor people. Uh, you know, the, we realize that if Mr. Putin is a, a servant of the devil, there you are. He's serving, he's not serving God, he's serving the enemy. And so we have a great burden for these, Polish, these people. Poland has taken 2,500,000 refugees. 2,500,000. And the, 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 one of the pastors we, we, we communicate with, he has 16, 18, pardon. He has 18 people living in his church. And he has three adults and three children and a cat and a, and a dog living in his home. Eh? And, uh, you, you know, the, the Polish people have opened their homes and their, and their hearts for these poor refugees. So remember, uh, when we're trusting God, when we're praising God, remember Ukraine. There's a church in the Ukraine with 5,000 members. Isn't that something? In, in the capital, there's 5,000 members attending an Assembly of God church. And so it's a, it's a privilege to, to worship God together, to seek God's face together, and to pray for these poor people in uh, the Ukraine. Amen. Amen. Just looking at Stevie's notes here. The, Boy, you, you, you really prepared this, didn't you? Okay, God bless you. It's been so good to see each one of you. Amen. And for those of you who are not very well, God knows about your situation. I was very touched to see Keith this morning. And we pray that God will move in a special way in his life and in his body for the glory of his name. Amen. Amen. You know, we, we don't see you very often, but you're, we love you. Eh? Amen. I hope you love me. <laughs> you're not very sure. Eh? <laughs> okay, so is, is, is the meeting over? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, Joshua, could you maybe come up? And maybe Anya could come up and we'll pray for Kenny Wilson. Your ministry is becoming beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Don't say it in the microphone, the wind. Heavenly Father, you're ready. No, 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 that's okay. No, just stay. <laughs> yeah. We're so delighted to have them here this morning. I knew they were coming over and. We're just so happy that you joined us. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you for Ken and Jocelyn. And we thank you for their ministry. And we thank you, Lord, that, you know, they're getting a wee bit older, but they're still going strong. And to hear firsthand from them the work that's going on in Europe and, you know, more in detail about Poland and Ukraine, Father, it's so good to hear that and to know about that church and that we're all serving you. Father, I just pray a blessing on them, and I ask that you keep them safe in their journey, and I pray good health for them. 
so and I ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Yes. Parlez-vous français? Non. Father, we just thank you for Ken and Jocelyn. We pray your blessing upon them. Father, we pray that you'd open up avenues for them to minister. Father, we pray that you'll just uh, give them souls, even in the days that lie ahead, Father, as, as they preach, as they minister. Father, we pray that new people will come into your kingdom as a result of their ministry. Father, that you'd strengthen the believers in the churches in which they, they visit and preach in. And Father, we ask that you strengthen and minister to them too. And Lord, we just pray for the family situation with Ken's sister. And Lord, we ask we know that you're present. Father, we know that you're there. And Lord, we ask that you continue to minister, even in challenging times, that you'd minister by your grace and by your presence. And Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the praise. And Lord, we just want to worship you. And Father, we pray, take us into this day and into this week. And Father, we pray that you'd cause us to do new things in your, in your strength, Father. Lord, open up new things for us. Lord, take us to new levels, new depths in you. And Father, we just pray your blessing on every single one. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Having a great week. Amen. Great to see you guys. Great to see you. Great to see you. Amen. So.